1: Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal,
2: here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. It is week four, and I am Alexis Kubit, the Lubbock Avalanche Journal high school sports writer. I'm joined by KLBK Sports Director Ryan King. Ryan, how did your week three of the football season go?
2: It was really good. I mean, I, I, it's really nice at this point to get to get to a point where every week is starting to feel a little uh, more normal. Things are uh, going pretty smoothly. You know, only the one game got uh, canceled. At least of our immediate teams here uh, in Lubbock, there were two of them. Uh, Idaloo um, hosting Brownfield was really setting up to be a promising game as far as idaloo looked really good you know here early in the season um but didn't get to play and brownfield really needed a win so the good news is for brownfield it looks like they're going to be back mm-hmm. um playing this week with only a one player testing positive but idaloo i based off when we're, we're going to get to them previewing their matchup i think they would have very much wanted uh, another game this last week before they they head over for sure
1: for sure yeah um It was an exciting week, I know, at least for me. I got to go out to Gale, Texas for the first time, caught some six-man football, and, man, what a game I caught there. Um, Borden County ended up taking down, ranking the number one ranked team, which I'm guessing will change here in a few minutes when rankings come out. We're recording this on a Monday. Um, But Borden County did get that win, 40-34, being the the number six ranked team in the state. Um, Just an overall really really good game um it was only i was talking to coach richie last week about that only my second second man game since i've been in west texas and uh, it definitely lived up to it it lived up to um a lot of the hype and i think that um people were just kind of figuring the game would go i had some really strong performances they have a really good group of seniors um again coach richie talked about that last week that are just playmakers the ironic thing is the biggest play of the game to win the game was made by a freshman. Ooh. Ishmael Rodriguez, That just had that, that fumble recovery. Um, it was just kind of crazy because there was, I believe it was the drive before it kind of looked like Rankin had fumbled it, but um, upon photographic review via Brad Tollefson, uh, his knee was down, so it wasn't a fumble, but they ended up uh, actually fumbling and, uh, Gordon County got the ball again. um, Freshman linebacker Ishmael Rodriguez just kind of got the ball there and they held on and ended up uh, winning the game. And, you know, of course, Rankin was missing one of their top players um, in LaShawn Goodley. I believe he was – he'd been nursing an injury, it sounds like. I think he was getting taped up before the game. I saw as I was coming in and uh, he was out. I don't think he played at all in the second half. Um, second quarter was a little iffy. He was kind of in and out. They tried to throw the ball a little bit and it worked on a couple plays, but, um, just didn't seem like they had enough there. And, you know, they had, obviously they're a good team, but, um, it just seemed like Gordon County was just really, really hungry for that win. Um, being that that was the team that they lost to in the regional finals last year, um, a little bit of a revenge factor there, um, just a strong overall performance and a beautiful stadium, Uh, turf field, really vibrant colors out there. Um, So just a a really good experience. Glad to be there. Um, A lot of fun.
2: It really shows how they breed them out there, Borden County when freshmen are literally making plays to win it. And Mm -hmm. it it is interesting. They're probably not going to be ranked number one, but you can make the argument. This is the best six man team. Um, But losing last week uh, to Westbrook, they're they're not going to obviously, you know, jump to number one, but I think this really shows the potential of this team. And, and it's still early. I mean, they still have yeah. plenty of time to round out for the playoffs and everything. But, man, Borden County, they really are something different. And I, I think – I'm actually talking to Coach Richie later this week as well. And I'm very curious to hear from him um, how, how much is – you want to see them play earlier, but you don't want them to be peaking too soon. So to sure. have a loss and be able to rebound that and beat the number one ranked team that beat you the season before – that really shows a lot of promise for a team that, I, you know, they would hope obviously is nowhere near um, finish and where they're going to become playoffs. Yeah,
1: no, definitely. And then when you look at their schedule, um, you know, he was like, I can beat myself up for making it. But mm-hmm. um, Westbrook, Rankin, and Sterling City are all ranked in the top ten. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they're top five, right? Um, Sterling City was number three, I believe.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. That is correct. So, yeah, they were all...
2: Um, that was like one, two, and three, right?
1: <laughs> uh,
2: let me check real quick. Or Westbrook might be four, but I mean, I know, yeah, they're top five.
1: Yeah, at least top five or six. And you figure, you know, yeah. having this level of competition um, this early, it, it says a couple of things. Number one, it says that they're definitely wanting to make a playoff push. And number two, it says that, um, He feels like his team is capable of, you know, accomplishing these things or even taking them on because if he didn't think so, he wouldn't have scheduled them.
2: Absolutely. And the uh, I, Borden County is not worried about going undefeated in the regular season. They're worried about getting ready for the playoffs. And, right. yeah, that type of schedule, he's not messing around. I think Coach Richie knows what's going to push his team to where they need to be.
1: Oh, for sure. And then you figure just the tradition. Like, he knows what it takes to win a state championship. He knows – you know, the pedigree and and the types of players that he has to groom and, and the positions he has to put them in to be successful. Um, and a lot of these kids saw a lot of those playoff pushes and and state runs. Um, you know, it was just 2018, Mm -hmm. you know, the seniors were sophomores that they ended up going to state with, I think it was undefeated or maybe one or two losses on the season. Um, so, so they see that coming in and, uh, you know, they were even little kids, you know, in middle school watching this program. So they know what it takes. Coach Richie knows what it takes. Um, and it'll just be really interesting to see how they respond against Sterling City. Um, they can kind of use that momentum moving forward into district play because, yes, it's nice to, to get prepared, but you want to make sure your kids are healthy, especially in six man um, for when the playoffs roll around so that they're, they're fresh and, and ready to go.
2: And last year's team could have won it all, too. I, I think that's kind of forgotten because they weren't even playing in the state championship. So, for them, it, w- it was seen as, as, as a disappointment. But you know how good that ranking team was. I mean, it's mm-hmm. showing even this year. So, like, yeah. even last year's team could have won it. So, it's, it's not like they're having to rebuild from nothing, you know. So, mm-hmm. they're, they're set up very well. And not going to be surprised if Borden County's playing for another state championship, winning another one. Uh, I'm not going to say it's likely, but definitely very possible.
1: Yeah. No, definitely um, it'll be fun to, to follow that um, just kind of see how things go there um, when they go to Sterling City this week that would be the number three team yep so um, in the past rankings last week the rankings will obviously come out later today Sterling City was three Westbrook was four Rankin was one
2: um, top three top four teams I mean that's mm-hmm. as a brutal schedule you go even one and two against that would be good but I mean, they're looking, they beat Sterling City, you go two and one against, them. and let's be honest here, not, that, not trying to overlook Westbrook at all, but the reason they are top four is because they beat Borden County. So if Borden Absolutely. County beat them, they're, maybe they're not even ranked. So, you know, you, you got to put that in there as far as um, you go and beat Sterling City, you could say, well, the two teams that were ranked higher than us, we beat them both. You know, mm-hmm. so that's, I, this game will, I think, mean a lot to Borden County after losing that Westbrook one.
1: Absolutely. Especially when you consider you talk to them and they talk about that Westbrook game and they admit that they looked overlooked Westbrook, you know, and I'm sure that's one that they'll get. They won't, they wish they could get back, but I think that they'll learn from that, take that into Sterling city. So there won't be that hangover effect over Rankin. You know, they enjoyed it for, you know, 24, or 12 hours till they woke up Saturday morning. And then it's, you know, all eyes on Sterling city, especially having to travel um, to go there instead of having them at home like they did with Rankin. So, Definitely be uh, be one to watch for this week. Um, speaking of other ones to watch, man, Shallow Water is putting together a season. I know it's still early, but the caliber of teams that they've beaten so far has been pretty impressive, um, and that includes this past week when they beat Loveland fifty-two to forty-six in overtime. Sophomore for, sophomore quarterback Max Townsend with the with the game winner. I guess, yeah, just kind of was mentioning that in that game, you know, for them to, to win – I'm sorry, um, yeah, shallow yeah, water and level
2: water. End, mm-hmm.
1: You know, for shallow water to get that win and, you know, back sounds and have what is arguably the biggest play of his career so far um, and just scoring that touchdown in overtime, just, you know, things are just seem like they're really rolling for shallow water right now.
2: Man, shallow water, my goodness. When you look preseason at the, at the beginning right here, when you get Abernathy Seminole leveling, you're thinking, okay mm-hmm. – Optimistically, you say you go two and one, you probably have it. That one two, you might be a little disappointed, but you at least understand this team that was seen as an underdog, you know, three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, they're not sitting at three and zero. Oh, and that leveling game, with all due respect to Leveland, it should not have been that close. Coach Wood, after the game, was talking about he felt like his defense kind of let up, let them back into the game. Like Isaiah mm-hmm. Salazar was playing well, but shallow water allowed Leveland back into the game. Yeah. And if they stay locked in, I do not think it goes to overtime. I do not think the game is tied. I don't think Shallow Water having to fight for that victory late in the game in an overtime. And Shallow they they just look good. I mean, they rush for almost five hundred yards. That's that's doing nothing through the air. It's just running the ball on a four a team and getting almost five hundred yards. That Shallow Water team. they I think the number one thing with them is I think they know their identity. Um, I think they know exactly what they want to do. Sure, they they want to pass the ball. But if you can run it that well with that many different guys, then why even bother putting it in the air? Like the the, the odds of turning it over or something bad happening are so much higher through the air than if you just keep it on the ground, you're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think uh, that shallow water team, I mean, they have been so impressed. Honestly, for what their expectations were preseason, they've been as impressive as anyone in our area um, compared to what we expected out of them. So that level and win – while I expected them to get that, it also says something to whenever you do have a young team. Remember, Coach Wood has said it's it's a team filled with sophomores. Mm-hmm. Um, and for his team to make a probably a young mistake like that, where you think the game's over and then you allow a team back into the game, that's something younger teams have happened to them. But they right. didn't allow it to turn into a loss. They dug back in, they got the win, uh, and and that part is what impresses me the most. It's not the win; it's that it's that they allowed. Once that once leveling came back in, they buckled down and still ended up getting the win. Mm -hmm. So um, really impressive to see from a young team as far as far as the outcome of it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's that's a really good point, because you can always have teams that can run the score up. But when you have them that are mature enough to kind of settle down and refocus, regroup and, you know, get back in the game and and win it. I mean, that's that's those intangibles that um, I think a lot of coaches want from their teams that. You know, even our seniors sometimes don't always develop, but the fact that they were able to to do that and kind of keep their, keep their heads on straight, I think says a lot about this team. Now that will be put to the test this week when they go on the road to Childress, who's averaged about uh, 10 wins in the past few seasons. Um, they've just run into Abernethy and, and uh, Canadian during the playoffs, which I think that's pretty understandable <laughs> what happens there. Um, but I think that will definitely be one of the biggest games on the radar this week. Um, just knowing, you know, with each of those two teams bring, both of them are, are undefeated right now. Um, so it definitely will be um, probably, I'd say, one of the, the biggest games, um, just kind of looking at the schedule.
2: Oh, I think it's for sure. That's a huge game. They can go 4-0 winning that one. That's another – not that Shadow Water needs more of these, but another marquee win for the Mustangs. But on top of that, yeah, when you look at the schedule – other than maybe post Abernathy for the Antelope Bowl, uh, that is one probably the biggest game in our area. It's not here, obviously. It's on the road, but shallow water going to Childress, that's a that's going to mean a lot for yeah. you know, shallow water this year.
1: Yeah, and you look at uh, Childress' wins. They beat Panhandle 68-45. They beat Perryton 35-17. Um, and they beat Stanford 58-14. So, and I, I said before this week, I said if shallow water – can get this one over level. And I think it gives them good momentum and good confidence moving into a game like Childress. Whereas, you know, if they go in two and one, it's still a good record and it's still really early, but I think that, you know, just the matter of refocusing against an opponent like Childress is a little harder at two and one versus three, and oh. Um So I, I just feel like they're, they're in really good shape heading into this coming week. Um, and hopefully we'll get coach Brian Wood on for the second segment. If not, we'll definitely have somebody. But, as I said before, recording this on a Monday, still getting some things worked out. But we will definitely have a coach um, in our second segment. Um, another game is kind of interesting. Uh, Hale Center beating Memphis 36-2. Um, Hale Center is 3-0 and right now, which, I mean, I, I can't say I saw that coming, but it just seems like their quarterback, Justin Thompson, is doing some really good things right
2: now. I mean, that Hale Center team, they're one of the more surprising stories this season. I, You see them do it once, they do it, you know, they go out and win a win a game, one. they score a lot. It's like, we see that a lot early in season. See if you want, it's more so like the consistency. And Hale Center's had that consistency here where uh, it is fairly surprising because we haven't seen that in recent years from the Owls. So I agree with you. When the fact that they're 3 you know, and they are looking basically the same every week, that's what we wanted to see out of Roosevelt. Do they look mm-hmm. the same week after week after getting the wins? Can they come back with another win? And Hale Center has really impressed me. I, I, th- mm-hmm. I, I Obviously, it's still fairly early in the year, but whenever – they look so much better than they have in just the – like even last season. But, you know, in the past few seasons, they look so much better. But even compared to last year, this team just looks to have a different dynamic about them where um, – I know it's, I believe, year three in Coach Smith's system –
1: Three or four, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, like, it, it, that does make that is usually when teams, you know, if, if a coach has it figured out somewhere, that is when you start to see it. But man, I agree with you. That's a that is a team in Hale Center that usually is not super competitive in their district, but this year with what they're doing here early, they could be a team that is kind of a fly in the ointment of a few teams around the local area.
1: Yeah, I think they definitely are making a good case early for being a playoff contender. Uh, Hunter Thompson is actually their leader in passing and rushing um, with 699 passing yards, 256 rushing yards, and he's completing his passes at a 54% rate. So
2: that's not, that's not too bad. No, that's, I mean, that's not bad. When when you're playing against like, I i mean, it's a tough district, you know, there's no away from that. We talked about how sundown, um, is it's tough for them to go against New Deal and Post and whatnot. You had in Hale Center. That, this could be one of the best districts, not only in this area of the state, but one of the better ones in the state of Hale Center is a legitimate uh, contender. I mean if you're going with New Deal and Hale Center and post, that's tough. So yeah. they, they could be another team that's, I'm not saying I'm not gonna say they're gonna be post or anything like that, but you had this this district was already tough and now you have Hale Center fitting in there, um, they're going to need to be on their P's and Q's against some of those opponents. But, man, it would be really exciting that you – we always know about the post-sundown, New Deal post matchups. You add inhale center against some of those teams. Uh, I, I just think it makes it so much more fun around the area.
1: Yeah, definitely. And their last two games before district starts, um, Clarendon this week and then Ulta next week, which, of course, is the old um, – Old district mate, Olton um, has won. I think, yeah, Alton won last year, um, and so that will definitely be something to watch. But you figure if you can get if this health center team can go five and zero during non district, you have to figure that's going to give them some confidence. You know, oh in district, um, especially when they start with uh, with New Deal. You know, right out the gate in district, that's their district opener. So you figure, you know, if they can keep Keep this up. Um, I mean, they're they're right there in there with them.
2: Yeah, and the, and it's just a team we never talk about. Yeah, I, I promise you, New Deal. If 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 Center sitting there five and zero, you don't want to overlook the next two opponents. But if they're sitting there five and zero, New Deal's thinking, Man, if we lose this game, we already have Post and Sundown in our district. If we lose this game to Hale Center, we're 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 completely out of the district running, and that could hurt their playoff chances. Because if you're looking, if they lose to Post and to Sundown, I'm not saying they will, but just hypothetically. You add in a loss to Hale Center, you might not be making the playoffs. Like, that's right. that really – that makes that dynamic. Because I, I feel like we've penciled in those three teams. Hale Center, New Deal, Sundown – or, uh, sorry, Post, Sundown, New Deal. They're making the playoffs. They're, you in know – In that fourth spot. Yep. They always – yeah, but it's like, I, I don't know. Hale Center could really make things interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then you figure New Deal is one of those teams that lost a game this week um, – because of some positive, the COVID testing, like we mentioned, um, they're at, at uh, Slayton. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> at, right. um, and so they only have, you know, this week and next week to kind of really prepare, which one week doesn't seem like a lot. But when you're, you know, working things out and, and getting some guys going, I mean, that can be a huge difference. Um, and along those same lines in that district, you have posts beating Littlefield 58-6. to uh, Just – I don't know. Do you have a feeling – that? because I kind of – I'm feeling like this, but, again, it's too early. This team might actually be better than last year's team.
2: I think the offense is better. Uh, defense, yeah. I think, is still too early because they have not faced a tough, dynamic offense because the Refurio offense was so different than anyone they played all year. Right. So, I – I don't know about the defense; they could be, they may not. I don't. I really don't know. The offense, absolutely, because I think at least with this week, my god, Nathan McDaniel looks like a monster. Mm-hmm. He looks stronger and faster than last. He's like Slayton gets it to Nathan McDaniel, whether it's a long pass, a little pitch, a five-yard, you know, crossing route, whatever, and he's gone. Like he's so much faster; he can power through. Nathan McDaniel looks like an absolute monster right now. And I, I would agree. I think their offense looks better, and I. Don't, I'm, I don't pretend to be an X's and O's expert, but my guess, just the limited time I've got, I have not got to see them in person. Got to see two extended highlights of their games. And what it looks like to me is this team looks more like they know what their offense is. Last year, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they didn't know what it was, but you remember they went between Tatum and Slayden at quarterback. They they had guys that were more interchangeable. This year, Tatum's gone. That was really the only thing they lost, but that is a big loss from last year's team. Mm-hmm. With him gone, Slayton's the quarterback. There's no question. He's not going to get taken out. There's no one else to go in. He's the guy. Nathan is going to be the main thing on offense. There's obviously plenty of uh, weapons on offense, but he's going to be a main guy catching the ball from Slayton. Mm-hmm. And I think they know exactly what they're trying to do. They are now seniors, these guys, that were juniors leading the team last year. And so I don't know if they are better overall. I can. It looks like their offense, at least early in the season, is clicking mm-hmm. to where – it looks like the offense that we saw late in the year and in the playoffs. I
1: would argue and that Slayton's, that I would argue that Slayton's even, even better passer this year. It just seems like, you know, I haven't been able to get out there. But stats-wise, you know, they're not afraid to air it out a little more than maybe they and – that, and that could just be with, you know, who they're playing. Um, it just seems like they're trusting him a little more to throw it. Um, you know, and then last year they had, like you said, Tatum, but for the most part their rushing game was Ashton. You know, yeah. it was Ashton Jefferson. Um, mm-hmm. Now, like you said, they have you know, Nathan McDaniel or even yeah. on their line. You know, Tay Perez is in – I think this is his third year starting under center. Mm-hmm. And that – you don't think about those little things. But having – I mean, you even saw that – oh, what was it? And there, I can't remember what game it was. But just bad snaps. You know, yeah. so you don't realize it until you have those bad snaps, how important it is to have an experienced center center. That you know knows what they're doing and is a veteran, and you have that with Tay Perez. So, um, and I don't. Know, I think I think the defense. Uh, I mean, their leading guy in quarterback sex is a sophomore right now. You know, mm-hmm. definitely think they have um, some players that are coming through even younger. You know, like last year, obviously that was a big junior class, but they have another junior class. I mentioned talked about that in my column last week. Um, shameless plug. <laughs> um you know and it just seems like now there there's a funnel almost and again we're three weeks into the season heading into week four this is just kind of early observations a lot can change but right now it just seems like they're they've kind of um we talk a lot about programs turning a corner they've turned a corner in that that funnel of success and that funnel of talent seems to be streaming um at a stronger pace than you know like we said last year Tate. Tatum was really the biggest loss when it comes to the senior class. You look at the seniors this year, you have Slayton, Tay, Nathan, Ashton. You know, you're going to lose Kreese Kirkpatrick. You're going to lose a lot of seniors, but you've got another junior class right there um, to step up. Now, here's where it gets interesting. This week, they have what I like to call, you call it the, the antelope Bowl. I like to call it the lightning rematch.
0: <laughs> right, That's right. <laughs> because
1: Last year things got shut down. What was the score? Seven to six. I thought it was 14,
2: 13. Is that
1: wrong? 14, 13. No, you're right. Cause I just remember Abernethy missed a, an extra point and that was what ended up costing the game. Obviously they had to shut things down. Um, had just come out of halftime, had to shut things down in the third quarter because of um, lightning and weather. And this year they're going to post haven't checked my weather radar, so I'm not sure how it is. It's a little gloomy outside right now, but um, I think that will definitely be interesting because, you know, I think um, Abernathy beating Sundown this week, 21-12, that was a good statement when, you know, they lose to Shallow Water, which I think in by the end of the season, that's going to be what the college football world would call a quality loss.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they kind of just get by Slayton a little bit, Um, And then they come out and and beat Sundown, a very good Sundown team at that. Um, So I definitely think maybe they had just, you know, I mean, it's early. So they had some things to work out with a new coach, a new quarterback, um, a new offensive system, because obviously Coach Ball is going to do things that Coach Daly didn't do um, and just kind of working those things out. And coming in this weekend into into post, I mean, they they remember what happened last year, you know, they – they know what each team brings. So I think that's definitely going to be the other game. I think you mentioned that is going to be on the radar this week.
2: If Abernathy beats post, I, I don't care if Abernathy's three, a post is two, a, if Abernathy beats post, nothing else matters. The, the loss to Charlotte doesn't matter. <laughs> Struggling against Slayton doesn't matter. If you get a win against post, nothing else is going to matter. Um, because this posting, I agree with you. Who knows what they'll look like next year? They got that junior class come up. They do still have talent. Coach mm-hmm. Pittman's really really building something out there, and Red's really built something. Something I was curious about, I, I wanted to get your opinion. This is my fourth football season here in West Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know, uh, obviously, you've been at the AJ for a few years now. We've seen a lot of good teams come through. Um, Cooper last year, we expected a lot out of. Uh, Estacado, after they beat Coronado. In my my three previous seasons, and including this one, I have personally, I don't think, I'd have to really think about it, I do not think I have seen a team that we had such high expectations for and meet slash exceed those like Post has this season. Because they have – we had high expectations, but they have at the worst met those expectations because they are flattening teams, and I absolutely am – so impressed by what I have seen out of them that it's like, okay, they went to the state championship last year. Do we expect them to go to, that, to go back? Probably, you know, that would make sense at this point, man, I would be stunned if they don't go back. The only two teams ranked higher than them are on the other side of the state. If they lose any games, even Abernathy, it's going to be an upset.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, yes. I think you're, you're right. I would agree with you on that um, because even if so, I've only been at the AJ one year, Ryan, not a few.
2: Well, you've been around the area. You are Yeah, so yeah,
1: it, two years. Yeah, but uh, no, I'm just messing with you. Um, yeah, you know, you look at. I knew we, last year, if I can talk correctly. Last year we had high hopes for Estacado. We had hopes for Lubbock Cooper, but I don't know that we knew that Estacado was going to go 10 and 0. I don't think anybody really foresaw that, except for maybe <laughs> Estacado.
2: Maybe. Maybe Estacado.
1: Yeah, which isn't a knock. I'm just saying, like you know, it's different when you see a good team. A lot of things can happen in a season.
2: So. Coronado. We expected Coronado to be really good last year. They could have. And true. They won on a last second touchdown. They easily could have lost that game. And and right. Coronado had a touchdown, batted down on the last play. So they <laughs> easily could have lost the game. You know, it's and Estacado, we knew would be good, but did we expect them to go even? Okay, you might even pencil in a loss against Coronado. Maybe they lose one other 9-1, and 8-2. and two. This post right. team, I'm like, they're not going to lose. Yeah. And they have got another, They have not struggled one bit in games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, 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 look, they look as dominant as anyone since I have come here. It's only been four years. And I know Cooper was really good. I know you love that Cooper team. I think they were a very talented team. Um, but this post team, for their level – I think they can win a state championship. And, yes, Cooper could have won last year. You know, we, we've had those teams, but this post team – Hashtag
1: Fumblegate.
2: Fumblegate. And who knows, they might win the whole thing if they go. I mean, I, I think it's very possible.
1: Well, but, and, and to your point, even in that game, you know, we kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek now, but nobody saw Lubbock Cooper being that competitive with the league. No. I think no. they did. Um, because oh, just Coach Darden, before the game, you know, they're, they were like laser focused, and they're like, you know what? We know that we're the underdog. Which is crazy when you think about it, them being an underdog. But I digress.
2: And look at the talent that was on that team. And I remember that same week, Cooper was playing Alito, Post was I believe playing San Saba, someone like that. Probably. And both teams, you would hear the general talk was, well, they both had good seasons, but uh, mm-hmm. this is probably where it's going to come to an end for the Lubbock teams to go. Why? You could make an argument Post had no problem winning, and Cooper should have won. (laughs) They both should have won the game. So um, that was a great week. I feel like we've really really digressed on this one. My whole point was Post, this year's Post team is as dominant of a team as I have seen this early in the year. Because usually when you have a really good team, yes, they start off well, but they usually build throughout the season. Post looks like the team that lost in the state championship started a season seven days later. That is what they look like to me. They look like they lost nothing. And they, like we talked about, they got even better. And people, I really think people underestimate how good of a player Tatum Thetford was. He was really important to that team.
1: Taylor was important for the school. Like you even look at what he did in other sports. I believe we did a, um, to kind of make up for not having our area team for baseball because of, you know, things that the, the COVID pandemic but I believe he was in the top 10 for baseball hitting percentages. I know he was one of their leading scores in basketball. So he was just an all-around athlete. Yes. Um, he, and Nathan he McDaniel's was those, cousin.
2: He was catching those balls from slaying because he was so tall. He'd go right over the middle. He was a great player. Mm-hmm. But even without him, they just looked so good. And I think they are – we've had a lot of high expectations. In the four years since I've been here, Coronado's had a run. Love it, Christian. Estacado. Love it, Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, new deal. But that New Deal team from two years ago, early in the season, you knew they'd be good. You do not think they're going to be playing for a state championship. And they were not dominating the way this post team is. And also back-to-back seasons. New Deal had – they went to the state championship in the last year. They struggled a little bit. They weren't bad. But, right. you know, they regressed a little bit. This post team, it looks like, man, they are ready to go. And I think they beat Abernathy. This is just an opinion of mine. doesn't mean anything. If they beat Abernathy, <clears throat> they're not losing in the regular season. So – yeah. Uh, Jess Hull traveling on the road, Coach Wiley. I think it's a huge game because if Post wins, I don't think they're losing in the regular season. If Abernathy wins, that is a statement win. You talk about how Sundown's a statement win, Waters a quality loss. I agree with all that. You beat the defending runner up in 2A and this year might be back in that state championship. Uh, that's something Abernathy can hang their hat on, regardless of 2A, 3A, doesn't matter. This Post team plays above a 2A level
1: yeah well looking at week five shallow water i'm sorry um slayton plays post and they'll get them at home and then Abernathy will have littlefield um so you know take that before that's for before district gets started so that's kind of
2: i love post challenging themselves i love that i love Abernathy slay i love it i love it
1: yeah so, and the other ones worth mentioning, um, we talked about Hill Center at Memphis, Sundown Abernathy, Roosevelt at Toga Roosevelt beating toga 46-0. to um, yeah. This week, they, like, go back home and, and play Dimmit. Uh, I have to go back on the history because I feel like every week I'm going to have to, like, text Coach Landers like, okay, when's the last time? 3-0. I texted him last week, when's the last time? 2-0. Like, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, knock on wood, it'd be – When's the last time 4-0? No? Which I think we're starting to really kind of push it back some.
2: Man, that Roosevelt team, they mentioned this multiple times. Two teams to watch in the offseason said sundown, Roosevelt. I have picked Roosevelt in each of these games so far, but it just still feels so weird where Roosevelt has not been this team in recent years. They've been good, and I think they've been better than their record. Like last year, they lost a lot of close games. They finished 3-7 mm-hmm. and seven in the race, and they lost – I bet it was five games they lost by a touchdown. Or, I mean, it, every close game they were losing. But what's different, I haven't talked to Coach Landers about this yet, they're not winning close games because they aren't having any close games. They've only yeah. given up two points in three games. <laughs> they literally gave up two against River Road and then back-to-back shutouts against New Home and Tahoka. They are not messing around right now. I mean, we can talk about them scoring points all we want. At this point, all they're, all they're going to need is a field goal because they are not allowing anything – Every week, so that Roosevelt team, Jacob Torres looks like an absolute monster. Coach Landers, we talked about Hale Center going into year three. Roosevelt's going into year three, uh, or like this is year three with Coach Landers at mm-hmm. the helm, and they look like a team that uh, has really put it together. I'm not saying they're you know going to go undefeated or anything crazy like that, make a huge run, but they are a good team.
1: Their next two games, Dimmitt, who is 0 and three right now, and Florida, who are
2: yeah, they're be five and zero.
1: One and two right now. So they very well could go into district play. They start on the road at Stanton, but they very well could go into district play 5-0. and oh.
2: I think it will be 5-0. and oh. That district is really tough. I mean, could you imagine, though? I don't. I, I looked at the schedule preseason. idaloo Roosevelt's either like week 9, 10, something like that. Could you imagine if it's like 7-0 oh, or 8-0 like oh, Roosevelt versus 7-0 oh, Idaloo because they lost this game against Brownfield? That rivalry game is going to be – insane if they are undefeated. Maybe they have, like, one loss combined or something. That that game is going to be crazy.
1: Yeah, I don't think you can forget about Abernathy, though. And uh, no. I think Oklahoma's doing pretty well right now.
2: It's a tough district. It's a really yeah, tough
1: Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. It definitely presents its challenges. But it does make things interesting. Because I feel like, you know, for the past few years, it has just been like, OK, you know, Abernathy, we know what they're going to do. Um, but you have an Idalou team who is doing really well right now. They're undefeated, like you mentioned. Obviously, losing that game against Brownfield to some some COVID stuff, um, but they're they're looking really strong. Um, Abernathy seems to have, you know, got on the right path with some some newness, um, and then Roosevelt, at three and zero. So you know, this could easily be an extremely competitive district where you know maybe four weeks ago we looked at it and we're like, okay, we can kind of figure who's going to be where, but now it's like
2: really don't know. Yeah, it's, that Roosevelt team, I promise you this, that Roosevelt team that's been seen as basically a, uh, a bye week in years past for Idaloo and, and Abernathy, you know, in, in that tough district, that's not the case anymore. You see the Eagles on the schedule now in week seven, nine, whatever, you're going to have to come to play. And I think – I'm not saying those teams look at it that way, but when you have Bryson Daly, the way Abernathy's been playing – they weren't sweating about Roosevelt in years past. They're thinking about Canadian in the playoff. Like, that, that's yeah. who they're thinking about down the road.
1: Yeah, uh, and even – I think the, the Idaloo-Abernathy, you know, that was pretty competitive um, yeah. years ago. <laughs> it was really interesting because before Colorado City moved down, um, that was the, the biggest battle. My first year when I was at Plainview, I remember going out to the – Colorado City came to Abernathy, and it was like, you know, they're both undefeated. And Abernathy just – thrashed them you know and it came down to the week 10 when um Abernathy played Idaho and ended up beating them but um had it not been for that one you know Colorado City was still in it but it ended up coming down to Idaloo and Abernathy and Abernathy obviously won but I mean even then just the continuity of a tradition-rich program like Idaloo you know it's it's just it's, that's a fun part for us it's just oh. for them but it's fun for us to kind of Look at uh, all the matchups and different predictions and, and just go off of what we're seeing right now. On a different note, maybe a little more um, not so great as Staccato is struggling right now, obviously being 0 3, and they get Hereford at home this week, um, obviously losing to Canyon 38 to 0 last week at Kimbrough, which was a nice way for Canyon to open their new or their renovated stadium. Um, just not real good for, for Estacado. Just seems like there's a lot of um, struggles right now that just, you know, some things have to be worked out. Uh,
2: the number one thing, there's plenty you can say. Um, they're missing Jeremiah. I, I think that is just so obvious when you watch this team. They are really missing Jeremiah. When Jalen fakes the handoff, when he fakes a pass, no one's biting on it. They're not getting anyone open downfield because – There is no Jeremiah, there is no great running back there to make anyone bite. And Jalen also, it has to be factored in. I mean, he was injured for week two, so he's been Mm -hmm. inconsistent as far as just getting in the starting lineup. You know, he he played, didn't play, and then he played again. Uh, But also the offensive line, not to put any one person on blast, you know, but the offensive line, people are getting right through to Jalen. You watch almost every play. He hikes it. He has about a second to a second half, and then people are in his face. Yeah, uh, And it's tough for this offense. They like to look down the field. And Coach Kluge says they're going to be a better passing offense this year. It doesn't matter what receivers you have. It doesn't matter how accurate your quarterback It doesn't matter any of that. If right after you hike the ball, a D end is right in your face. So the offensive line is going to have to get better to protect Jalen, but also those running backs, whether it's the O-line, the running backs, they're going to have to get going because if they cannot run the ball, then they are going to get chewed up uh, in a yeah. lot of these games.
1: No, for sure, and I definitely get like you said that you know they're missing Jeremiah, but I mean this is it's football. You know that's the nature of the game. You're going to have guys come in and out. Um, you just hope that like we talked about with Post establishing that that funnel. You know you just have to have those guys that can come in there, or even Abernathy's done that. Um, where you have to be able to keep that reload going. Where yes, you know this guy is is great. He's a star, but we need little stars. You know that can come up and shine when he's gone or, you know, can come up and, and help out. Because it doesn't always have to be the star. It, ha- it could be the supporting cast, which is what we're seeing right now with that offensive line. Um, you need those those players, everybody doing their part. And, you know, if you're not the star, supporting the star, or, you know, being that star in training, just different things that all the different parts that really kind of make an engine go. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. This I, I felt like the Canyon game was winnable. Um, this Hereford one, that's going to be tough.
2: It's I- not about the losses, because I think you look at this preseason saying they could be 0-3, they could be 0-4. It's possible, but it's the way they're losing. You can't get shut out. You can't go 38-0. You know, you can't let Dumas score three different times on one play, you know, going 70, 60, 70 yards down the field. It's the way they're losing. I can't wait to talk to Coach Cluly on Thursday for that exact reason, because I don't think it's really – you could be 0-3 with this schedule and feel good about yourselves. It is possible. But the way Estacado has looked, no, I mean, they, they look like they are not in the same league as these teams. And we know they can be. We know they are not 38 points worse than Canyon. We, are, we know they are not, whatever it is, 30 points worse than um, Dumas or whatever it ended up being. Like, mm-hmm. They are more competitive than they are showing. But what you and I talked about after week one – I'm curious about the belief in this team. You start off 0-3, 0-4, 0-5. You start to lose to teams you're not supposed to lose to. Yeah. Um, you start putting up performances that you're not supposed to put up like they did with Canyon. And you, you, what if they what if they are hypothetically, they're 1-4, they're 0-5, something like that. You go to Seminole. Your guys are not locked in. You lose a game against Seminole that you should win.
1: Well, to be fair, Seminole's having their own struggles, so
2: it could. I, I know they are. Just what if Estacado were to lose that one? You're. You are looking at, and I think this is something Coach Clue will learn from, and it's something I'm curious to ask him about once we get about halfway through the year. You don't want just cupcakes on the schedule. No, for sure. But going forward, will you you, um, temper loading up the beginning of the schedule with three or four or five really tough opponents? Because it can snowball on you very quickly.
1: True. I think it depends on what you're going for. I think we mentioned this when we were talking about um, shallow water making their schedule. If you feel like you have, and I truly wholeheartedly believe that he believes in this team, um, if you have players that you feel like can handle that kind of challenge, um, I think it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. No matter what happened last year. you know. Yeah. I mean, we're even seeing that with Sudan. Sudan had back-to-back years of 10-win seasons where they went undefeated. Um, two years ago they lost in the by district and last year they made area, but, you know, this year coach Cornelius, it's his second year. He's like, we need to to ante up. We need to to ramp, ramp it up a little bit. Now they also lost a lot of seniors, but he had enough faith in his program and in his team to where he's going to say, okay, well, you know, we're still going to ramp it up, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing because I mean, if you think about it, is it about wins or losses, or is it about championships? Because it's easy to say now, you know, okay, they're going to go if, if they – I'm not saying they will, but if they go 0-5, you know, to start, but they win every district game and go 5-5, and 5, I mean, it's not outside the realm of possibility for this team to still go far in the playoffs. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of what you're doing with the information you're learning right now, you know, like I said, win or learn you know, are you learning from these losses? Um, are you mentally balancing and understanding like, yes, this is a tough team, but no, we're not going to accept this. And really, like they say, kind of that, that goal, one to know every week, are you really putting that out of your mind and getting this film and studying it and learning and trying to be better? Um, because I, I just think that's, that's what they're going to have to do.
2: And I agree with that. That's why I was saying it's more so the way they're losing. It's not the fact that they're losing. Because I think you can learn a lot from this. You can go five and five. But the way they are losing is what concerns me. When you're getting blown out week after week. That
1: shutout. Yeah, that shutout kind of – that was a little surprising because I thought that was – I fully expected them to win that one. I knew Dumas and Greenwood would be a little more of a challenge. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, And that was – Kind of leaning toward the other way, but I thought that Canyon would be um, would be the the most winnable game out of those five teams. When you yeah. hear yeah. Hereford coming to town, and then next week them going to Andrews, which is not going to be mm. going to be easy either.
2: That's yeah. I mean, that is another tough one. And that's we talked about it last week. They're leaders on this team, like TJ Steele, uh, like um, Jalen, they're going to have to step up because they lost a lot, not just talent wise, but leadership last year with. Mm-hmm. jeremiah and kiki uh, big pop they lost a lot of last year talent wise and um leadership wise and someone's gonna have to step up for this year's team or the little snowball that has started here early can continue to get bigger and bigger and your team they, they have to push it out the first three games don't matter like it doesn't matter you you have to move on from and i'm not saying they haven't but going forward from now you have to move on there's no other choice
1: Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see how they respond this week um, against a team like Hereford. That will be the game that I will be at. Ryan, are you going to that one too? Uh,
2: I will either be at that one uh, or I've added down to three games for me. I believe I'm going to post Abernathy. But if not that one, probably Roosevelt. Could be Estacado, but probably uh, either post Abernathy, which I would be very excited for, or um, because I've never got to shoot that one in my three previous seasons. I've never got to shoot post Abernathy, so that'd be really fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Roosevelt, Dimmitt. Always try to make it out there, of course. Um, yeah, but should should be a fun week with some of those matchups.
1: Yeah, like you mentioned, obviously Abernathy goes to Post. Got Dimmitt going to Roosevelt. Water traveling out out to Childress, mm-hmm. um, and then Florida at New Home. That should be an interesting one for this yeah. week. Um, we're can you believe it? We've had a whole month of football.
2: Hey, it's not it's not jinxy yet. It's only, it's only three <laughs> knock weeks on here. wood. Yeah, it's only it's only three weeks here, but yes, it's been a great start to the season. Hopefully, we get to see how they progress with these wins and losses. And taps five a and six a. They all start in about what ten days or eleven days or something, and that's going to make us even more well well rounded and uh, really add in a whole lot of fun teams.
1: Oh yeah, and then you start off with friendship at Coronado that oh, first week. Yeah which I'm sure that will be one of our coaches we talk to um, Uh next week, two weeks from now.
2: Two weeks from now. Wait, no, uh, next week. That is next
1: week. Yeah. September is almost over, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Uh, Crazy to think about. Um, But we will be back and having some more of our podcast. When that time comes around, we'll be discussing a whole lot more football and we'll see how this week turns out. So thank you all so much for listening to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast and stay tuned. I will be talking to a coach, presumably, presumably shallow water coach, Brian Wood in the next segment. And we're back with the second segment of the Lone Star Varsity podcast. We're actually filming this on Tuesday where we had some major developments since Ryan and I talked on Monday, which you just heard in the first podcast. I'm joined by Shallow Water coach Brian Wood. um, Obviously, we just learned a few hours ago that Shallow Water was canceling their game against Childress because of um, a COVID outbreak. And I'll go ahead and turn that over to you, Coach Wood. I guess what was that? What's been, I guess, the past you know, five, six hours been like, and, you know, just finding out about that, that case or cases and, you know, getting to this point now.
0: Well, it's, it's been a terrible whirlwind is what it's been. I mean, you just, uh, you know, you tell your team from the beginning that uh, it's not going to be uh, if it affects you, but when, and, but in the back of your mind, your positive thoughts are, well, it won't be us, you know? And uh, so today when we had an uh, offensive lineman, uh test positive and uh, did our contact uh, tracing back to who he's been in contact with, you know, for a part of the uh, UIL and TEA rules and and, uh, health officials. uh, We sent a pretty large group home that had been in contact with him and so many that we, uh, you know, we aren't able to play a game this week. And uh, next week we have an open week, so that felt pretty good. but. Um, you know, in our classification, if you've got an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman or two that uh, test positive, you you've got a lot of contact points because we're we're in touch with those guys, J.B. and varsity, you know, regularly. So uh, there's no way to avoid it. I promise you, nobody's uh, done a better job of uh, taking care of their kids and keeping stuff clean and wearing masks and doing following the protocol to a tee, uh than we have. Uh, so it's just it's just something that's unavoidable and Uh, We're going to deal with it and and spend it on a positive note. Well, you know, we've still got got 50 or 60 guys that are able to practice, and so we're going to practice them hard and get them ready for uh, that next ball game we get to play against Panhandle.
1: And with that said, I mean, how much more fortunate is that, that, like you said, you're taking those precautions? So, you know, because it could have been an even worse of a spread.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if – because, I mean, you've got offensive linemen that everybody are around, you know, I mean – but we've done a good, good enough job of keeping them separate. And then when we're indoors, you know, we're we're either social distancing and meetings, or mask on, and et cetera. Uh, but we we've done a really good job with it. But uh, when you go to practice and you're going to have contact uh, up front with the with the big guys, and and so when you have to go back and contact trace that and see uh, who he was around for 15 minutes, you know, uh, or more than uh, that, list can get pretty big and. Uh, we certainly err on the side of caution here, and so we're we're being real safe. And, uh, you know, it's un, it's unfortunate that it happened, but hey, it seems like that's what life is right now, is just dealing with the day-to-day uh, virus and, and everything else that's crazy in this world.
1: Yeah, I was talking to uh, New Deal coach Matt Hill about that, I think it was yesterday or Monday. Yesterday was Monday. Um, And, you know, he's talking about how their game obviously had to get canceled um, because of Slayton having – Covid cases and asking him about you know how the kids are doing, but he you know remind me that this is not exactly new. They had their whole spring taken away from them, so you know for work for your kids, what has that been like in just having those conversations with them, or you know is that kind of I guess reminiscent of spring, so they're a little more prepared for you know something like this.
0: Yeah, that's a hard question to answer, Alexis, because I don't think if you ever allow yourself to get used to this, uh, I think you've given up, and so. I mean, uh, today when I was talking to the boys, I I was choking back the tears myself because it's just uh, it's something taken away from you that is so important to us, especially in today's world. The po- football is a positive, and we need it. And uh, as I'm talking to senior kids, you know, at the time I was talking to about sixty guys, and uh, when you watch a seventeen-year-old boy with the tear coming down his face, uh, that makes it real because it's very important. And. Yeah. Uh, It's a positive in this world and we want to do everything we can to make sure that we get to play football again here in shallow water this year. And uh, this is the right thing to do. And um, so it's not easy for anybody and it's frustrating to everybody and we're going to do it the best we can do it. Be ready to go here uh, when we get get back on the field.
1: Your big motto, I see it behind you there. you know, everything on your Twitter page, unshaken, just that, that motto. How do you feel like that's even just played in right now to, you know, you apply it to football, but it's, it's life right now.
0: Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, we chose that motto back uh, early in the summer because it's kind of, I just, it's a Bible verse and uh, it says, I will not be shaken because God is my fortress. And so we just, I, I had talked to those kids in zoom meetings during our COVID time and, uh, then we just kind of came up with that we were going to put unshaken on everything and I told them today the very last thing I said how ironic is it and then there's really no irony in it at all but <laughs> ironic is it that our motto is unshaken because uh, you just got to roll with the punches and uh, try to adjust and adapt and deal with it the best way you can and the minute that you let it start knocking you down uh, the devil wins and we are just going to let that happen. Yeah.
1: And I mean, on a, I guess, more positive note, I mean, you do start out 3-0, and it's the second time in three seasons that you guys were able to do that. Um, I know we talked during the preseason, there were still some questions with, you know, guys stepping up and things like that. But I guess just how exciting was that to see, you know, everything just seemed to really fall? Because I mean, these weren't easy wins by any means that, you know, you have on your schedule, but just to see them come together, how nice was that?
0: well it's really nice i mean it's a cool group Uh, that's what i told them today and i put that on my parent message uh group message that uh, if there's a group that can get through this and spin it positive uh, this is the group and we said that all through the spring and we just did a great job kids do a great job they're committed to it they bought in they love each other and and our practices are good it's just you know you run across those groups it just feels special and uh, this is one of them Um, so we're, we've enjoyed those wins. They were big wins. You know, I think sometimes we take for granted. 3-0, and it isn't easy. It's certainly not easy. We played two 4A schools and played a really good uh, rank three opponent right out, of, right out of the gate. And yep. so these aren't, cre- these aren't wins that were just givens. These were wins that uh, could have gone the other way and our kids played well and we got off to a good start. And Now we have to figure out how to put that momentum on hold and but prepare better you know, through these down weeks and uh, get ready to pick it right back up uh, where we started off.
1: I mean, you can't get much better than an overtime win over over leveling last week. I mean, that just seemed really hard fought. And, you know, they kind of looked like they got it back in a little bit, but you guys were able to overcome. Um, I guess what was just going on in that game and just what did it take to be able to pull out that win?
0: Well, man, it used a lot of energy, first of all. I mean, (laughs) uh, you know, we we were up... uh, 24 points, two different times and met and level and just kept bringing it. And uh, they got a stop and scored and got it to 16 and then got another stop. And all of a sudden I look up there and they're within eight and uh, before it's over, they score right there at the end to put us into overtime. And so then that, at that point, you know, it just became uh, an endurance race, so to speak. I just thought that we, I think we were both tired because it was a very physical game and then uh, when well, we chose to play defense after we won the coin toss in overtime and uh, we got a stop and we hadn't had a stop in about an hour and a half. <laughs> so that stop was key. And then I just felt like after we got the stop, I was very confident we were going to go punch it in and our, our own line did a great job. And uh, we, we outlasted them, I guess, is the way to put it. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: I mean, just to that point, I mean, you've got a kid, a sophomore quarterback and Bax Townsend who just, I mean, these are his his first starts, his first varsity experience, and just seemed like he hasn't, you know, really shied away and just, you know, he was the one that scored that overtime touchdown. What have you just seen from him in his first, you know, few games?
0: Well, he's a confident kid, and that helps, and uh, he's a skilled kid. So, you put confidence with some skill, that's a, that's a good combination. And uh, I think Max will be the first one to tell you, and I'm certainly going to reiterate it, is that uh, he's running – He's running behind some guys that are taking care of business up front and so he was able to rest for almost 200 yards and a couple other guys rest for 100 but um, everybody knows that game ball goes to those front seven we had five most of the time that night we had five linemen and two tight ends and uh it was just kind of a red rover game so to speak and uh they did a great job and, and i tell you that straight up
1: yeah and that's where the bulk of your experience is coming back right
0: yeah we had there's three linemen up there that started last year uh and played the majority of the season and one of them played some so we really only have uh i guess one maybe two uh one's a sophomore that didn't he was on a freshman team last year so he went from freshman to varsity and then our other one who was a junior uh started a couple of games as a sophomore last year after injury but uh there's three guys up there that have been doing it for a while
1: how much does that just even help you know this season coming in with you know, because we always talk about how, you know, the O-line may not be the, you know, get their name in the paper, things like that, but they're just as important. How important is that for you to be able to, you know, to have those guys that have that experience and to just be able to block really well?
0: Well, I have, if my choice is to have a really good line and an average back versus an average line and a good back, I want the good line. And you got, you can put those guys up front that take care of business. Uh, you can have a, uh, a kid come in there and, and, and do the job and. and because of the work that's being done up front. That's a prime example in the leveling game. You know, we, do, we lost Josh easily for uh, with a knee injury, and so we pulled a kid up off the JB, a sophomore kid who hadn't played a varsity varsity football game, and he rushes for 130 yards or something. Well, mm-hmm. uh, he's a good runner, but he didn't do that because he's that great right off the bat. He did it because the guys up front uh, did a really good job, and I heard Caleb uh, that night, thanking the lineman for what a great job they did blocking. So he understands that. And uh, when you have confidence up front and you can control the line of scrimmage, you're going to win games.
1: Like I mentioned, you know, this is the second time in three years that you guys are able to get to 3-0 start. You said this team is really special. Is there anything that reminds you of that 2018 team or is this one kind of different? How would you – I know you probably don't like to compare teams, but I guess how would – how do they stack up?
0: Well – you know, talent-wise, I don't know if we're as good as we were that year. talent-wise. Uh, but this this group's got something about them. It's a bond. Uh, we've had some leaders really show up during that COVID time when the spring become vocal and just start leading. And I I didn't know if they would or not, and they and they've done that. And so sometimes that bond that's created in a team mm-hmm. will uh, carry a lot of weight to make up maybe the lack of skill, so to speak. I, mean, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I just think you can have a really skilled team and they won't be as good as if mm-hmm. you got a team that's really close-knit and also they're bought into what everybody's doing. That group can win games uh, maybe sometimes more than the skill group can. So uh, we're excited. This is – we have some skill and our linemen, like we talked about, are pretty good. But yeah. uh, this bond, this team, this team unity factor may be the key.
1: Sure. So you know you know like you mentioned you'll have the the bye week kind of next week and, and this week off um in preparing for panhandle in two weeks what's kind of what do you want to work on or what's kind of the key in getting the guys you know still motivated and seeing that light for for that game?
0: Yeah we well, just got to be careful that you don't overdo it time wise you know like the day we went out there we sent a big group of linemen home today for 14 days right and so uh we have 50 skill guys out there. So we're going to play a lot of catch and we're going to work on a lot of coverages and we're going to do that, but we're going to do it for short periods of time. We were off the field today after about an hour and 20, hour and 30 minutes. And so we'll do that and make it shorter, but work out the same, you know, as far as regularity. We wanted to keep the us- same days we're just going to shorten the times and Mm -hmm. and you got to try to keep it as normal as possible for those kids that are here they don't need to feel the repercussions of other guys having to go home so we're going to do a good job as a coaching staff make sure to try to keep uh, it as normal as we can and uh, just polish up on some skill stuff you know Mm -hmm. Uh, kicking games certainly can use some work all the time and uh, then just being able to play kids cover Those are really important parts of the football game, and we'll keep working on them.
1: Sounds good, and we'll definitely be hoping for for the best and no more COVID cases out there. So thank you so much, Coach Wood, for joining me.
0: You bet. Thank you.
1: And thank you all for listening to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast.